Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Good morning, City Walk Church. Hope you had an awesome week, and we are so thankful that you're here celebrating Easter Sunday, and you're celebrating it from your living room, from your front porch. We're excited about what this day is all about. I want you to imagine with me, and this probably won't be hard for you to imagine, especially during this time, but I want you to imagine waking up one day, and from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed, everything that was important to you changed. The plan that you had set up for your life and for things going forward, the plan got totally messed up, and the clarity you had about your future, it went away. You no longer had a clear path forward. There was confusion. There was fear. And in fact, you were in a spot in your life where when you had everything planned out, you felt good, but now everything in your world had gotten turned upside down, and you felt in some moments even hopeless. That sounds probably eerily similar to what some of you are feeling right now, but I'm not describing what we're feeling now. What I'm describing is what some followers of Jesus felt 2,000 years ago when their friend, when their leader, when the guy they had been following for over three years was crucified. And even if you're somebody that you'd say, Chris, I don't buy into the whole Jesus thing, you can probably relate with what it must have felt like to be punched in the gut emotionally and have your world turned upside down because everything you had been following and trusting went away and you felt hopeless. It was in the moments and hours leading up to Jesus' death that Jesus was betrayed by one of his best friends. He was put on trial There were false witnesses that came and and lied about him in those trials. He was beaten unmercifully. And then he was sentenced to death by crucifixion. All of his followers were scattered. They had lost their minds. They didn't know what was going on. And all the while, Jesus was doing exactly what he said he was going to do. In fact, in John chapter 10, there's a portion of scripture where Jesus says, hey, no one's going to take my life from me. I'm going to offer my life. I'm going to voluntarily lay my life down. And that's exactly what Jesus did when he laid his perfect, sinless life down to pay for the sins of all mankind. And one of his followers and one of the guys that wrote about Jesus' life and about his death was a guy by the name of Matthew. And Matthew was a guy that had had his life transformed by his relationship with Jesus. And he wrote just really in some detail about the last few hours and moments before Jesus' death. And in Matthew chapter 27, right before Jesus takes his last breath, Matthew describes 
the scene, and he describes for us what Jesus is saying even from the cross. And so in Matthew 27, towards the end of the chapter, verse 46, it says this, And about the ninth hour, which is about three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried from the cross with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right from the cross, as Jesus is literally in his final moments before his death, he cries from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was in this moment that the sinless Son of God had taken on the sin of all mankind and the perfect fellowship that he had with his heavenly Father was broken for a moment because his Father could not look on the sin that was on his son. And a few verses later, as Matthew continued to describe the scene and what was happening with Jesus, in verse 50, Matthew says this, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. In this very moment, Jesus yielded up his spirit and he died. And it was in this moment that the earth began to shake. The scriptures tell us, and Matthew describes that not only was the earth beginning to shake, but literally some graves of saints were opening up and people were being raised from the dead. In the temple, there was a curtain it was, uh, that separated the Holy of Holies where you weren't allowed to go. Only the priest was allowed to go once a year. It separated that area from the area that everyone else was to go in. And it was in that moment when Jesus died that that curtain, that veil, ripped from top to bottom, signifying that there was no longer a separation between God and man. This moment was such a powerful moment that even one of the soldiers that had taken part in crucifying and killing Jesus said this in verse 54. He said, truly this was the Son of God. And it was in this moment that Jesus' followers, the people that had been following him for three years, the people that had put their trust and faith in this guy they thought was going to take over the world and, and raise up a kingdom right then, it was in that moment that they lost hope. Their hope was crushed. The way forward, which seemed so clear to them a few days earlier, was totally gone. They were afraid. They lacked direction. They lacked hope. And in, in, in that moment, they, they went and they hid. They were afraid. Everything they had believed in, everything they had put their hope in, was gone with Jesus. When Jesus died, it was over. Maybe you can relate. Maybe there's parts of your life that haven't gone the way you pictured. Your, maybe your marriage, you look at your marriage and, and the picture you had for your marriage, you, you look at your marriage now and it's just not the way you pictured it. Maybe your finances, your career. Maybe in your life you've made some unwise personal decisions and you find yourself in a place where you say, man, I never thought I would get here. This wasn't the way I thought it was going to look. See, it's in that moment that maybe you are feeling some things just like the followers of Jesus 
felt 2,000 years ago when everything they thought was going to happen, the picture they had of the future, was over. It was different, and they had lost hope. And if the story of Jesus ended with them taking Jesus' lifeless body off the cross and putting it in a tomb, if that was the end, then you're right. We wouldn't have hope. The, the, the followers of Jesus 2,000 years ago that were devastated by his death, their hope would be over. But the story doesn't end there. In fact, Matthew continues to go on. In Matthew chapter 28, he says this as he describes what happens after Jesus has been dead and his body's been put into a grave and a few days pass. And Matthew describes this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. It says this. It says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, it was early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. It was early Sunday morning, and Mary Magdalene and another girl named Mary decided to go where Jesus' body was. They were going to visit the gravesite. And this is very interesting. In fact, if you're a little skeptical of the whole Jesus thing, you, you might be interested in this. If this was a myth, if this was a made-up story that the, the followers of Jesus kind of put together to keep this movement going forward after Jesus' death, they would have never written in two women visiting the grave and visiting the tomb first. Because back in this time... Women weren't valued. They weren't credible. And so for Matthew to write in that Mary and Mary were first to the tomb on that first Easter Sunday, the reason he wrote it is because that's what happened. And it was when they got to this tomb and they were going to this grave and the, the, the rock that was in front of the, the where the body was laid in the tomb, what was opened up, the rock had been moved that was being used to keep anybody from going into where the body was. The rock had been rolled away, and when they come up on the gravesite, there's an angel sitting on the rock that has been rolled away from the door. And Matthew goes on in verse 5, and he says this. He says, But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I mean, initially, this probably freaked them out a little bit. Imagine walking up to the tomb, expecting this huge stone to be in front of the grave uh, where you go in, and now the stone has been moved, and there's an angel sitting on the stone. It, it would freak you out a little bit. And so the angel, first thing he says is, hey, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. And Matthew goes on and he says, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he was risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. The angel says, Hey, hey, girls, don't be afraid. In fact, come and look. Come and look where the body was laid. Jesus isn't here. He's risen just like he said. I want you to now go and I want you to tell the guys. I want you to tell his followers. I want you to tell his disciples that are hidden away. They're afraid. They weren't expecting the resurrection to take place. I want you to go talk to them. Tell them what's happened. 
verse 8, it says this, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. That phrase, great joy, is the same phrase that we see written about the wise men when they saw the star when they were looking for the baby Jesus. It says they had great joy. And these women, now that they see that Jesus is alive and he's no longer in the tomb, it says they have great joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came and up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave changed everything for his followers. They were hidden away. They were afraid. They felt like failures. Everything they had put their trust in was gone when Jesus died. And now the risen Christ was there and they could see him and they could worship him. And it changed everything for them. It provided them with redemption. They would no longer be, they would no longer be defined by their failures and by their fears but Jesus had died to pay for their sin. He had died to take the power of sin away from their life. And it changed everything for them. Not only did it uh, help them and, and redeem them, but it also gave them a new perspective. These people that were so afraid and they were hidden away and they weren't sure what was going to happen, their perspective totally changed. No longer were they living for today, they were living for something much bigger. And these people that were afraid, these people that were hidden away, they, after they saw the risen Christ, literally went out to the world and for the rest of their life boldly proclaimed that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. And many of them, you can read about this in history. Many of them did that to the point of giving up their own life. Because when Jesus rose from the grave, the fact that he did that changed everything. It changed everything for them. And today, 2,000 years later, the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ has not changed. Because of Jesus' life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, you don't have to be defined by your failures or by your fears. Because Jesus lived, died, and rose again, you're not living for today anymore. You're living for something bigger, for eternity. Because Jesus lived, died, and rose again, your joy is not tied to your circumstances. Because Jesus lived, died, and rose again, you're not alone, but you're part of something much bigger, the family of God. And all this is true not because any of us are good people, not because any of us bring anything to the table. All this is true because we simply have put our faith in Jesus Christ and we have a relationship with God that Jesus provided for us by taking care of our sin. That's the reason that we have hope. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can have hope in the midst of any circumstance because Jesus rose from the grave. You may be watching this and at this point in your life, you're 
You're, you're watching this, maybe you're watching it from the Yuba Sutter area, maybe you're watching it from somewhere else around the country, maybe you're listening to it on a podcast. And as you think about your life and you think about where Jesus fits in your life, you would say, you know what, Chris, I honestly don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you grew up in church and kind of after you grew up and maybe you were 18, 19, 20 years old, you kind of walked away from the church and now you're in your 30s and 40s. And, and honestly, it's been a while since you've been a part of a faith community. Maybe for you, you're, it's not that you grew up in church and left it. You're just a little skeptical of the whole thing. You've, you've always been a little bit skeptical. You're, you're not sure what you believe. Or maybe you're, you're watching and you'd say, Chris, it's neither of those. I just haven't thought much about it till now. But friends, I just want to say this to you. The reason Jesus lived a perfect life, the reason he died to pay for our sin, the reason he rose from the grave was so that you and I could have a relationship with God. The scriptures tell us that this relationship changes us from the inside out. It changes everything. It changes everything for us today, and it also secures a place for us with Jesus for all of eternity when this life is over. But this relationship that I'm talking about isn't something that you can earn. It's not something you can buy. It's something that Jesus paid for when he died on the cross for our sins. And they put his body in the grave and he rose from the grave. You, you may be sitting there in, in your living room or on your front porch and you say, Chris, you know what? I don't understand everything about the Bible. But I do understand that I've sinned. I understand that Jesus died and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And I want to start a relationship with him. I want to have a relationship with Jesus that changes me from the inside out and secures for me a home with Jesus in heaven when this thing's all over. How would I do that? You, you can actually do that right where you're at. You can do that sitting on your front porch. You can do that sitting in your living room. You can start a relationship with Jesus Christ right where you're at right now. Are you willing to just, in the quietness of this moment, not out loud, but maybe just in your heart between you and God, are you willing to right now just admit to God that you've sinned? Just, just tell him right now in your heart, hey, God, I admit to you I have disobeyed you. I admit that I've sinned. Are you willing to admit that? Just do that. Do you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for that sin? If you do, tell him. Tell him, I admit to you that I've sinned. I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. Just tell them right where you're at. And then, are you willing to just come to him? Come to him and say, Jesus, I want you to be in my life. I want you to be my savior. I want you to change me. Just in the quietness of your living room, whether you're seven or whether you're 70, today you can start a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to give you another opportunity if you're, you're sitting there and you, you say, Chris, again, I don't understand everything about the Bible, but man, I, I understand that 
Jesus died for my sin. I know he rose from the grave. And man, I know that has changed a lot of people. And man, I want that. I want a relationship with God. Just right where you're at, just tell God, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. Just tell him. God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross and pay for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Change me from the inside out. Did you just do that? Did you just in the quietness of your living room or on your front porch, did you just talk to God and start a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you did, if you started a relationship with God, we, we want to rejoice with you. We want to rejoice with you. We want to help you take some first steps in your relationship with Jesus, just like somebody did for us. And so if you're watching this or listening to this and you'd say, hey, Chris, today I started a relationship with Jesus, would you do one of two things for me? Would you just send us a simple DM, either in Instagram or Facebook, and just say, hey, today I started a relationship with Jesus? Or if you, if you want, you can use our contact card that's right in our app, and you can fill that out. And there's actually a spot. You can check a box that says, hey, I started a relationship with Jesus. Would you do that? Would you do that right now? Would you either DM us or would you fill out that contact card and let us know that you started a relationship with Jesus and we'll have somebody reach out to you because again, we want to help you take some first steps in this relationship with Jesus. It's so important. See, over the last 2,000 years, countless numbers of people have been transformed because Jesus Christ rose from the grave, which is what we celebrate, which is what gets us up in the morning, especially on Easter morning. One of those people that Jesus transformed early on was a guy by the name of Paul. You may have heard of him, whether you grew up in church or not. Paul was an enemy of Jesus. He was somebody that tried to stamp out Christians. He even took time to kill and put people in jail that were followers of Jesus. But then Jesus met him, transformed him, and he became one of the greatest catalysts to the movement that Jesus started in the history of the church. And in one of the letters that he wrote to a church in the city of Corinth, after he had taken about two chapters to explain to them the resurrection of Jesus and the importance of it, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says this. He says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Because Jesus rose from the grave, your labor it's not in vain. And so let's live our lives in the midst of the coronavirus and all the craziness that's going on in our world. Let's live our lives on the victory side because Jesus really lived, Jesus really died, and Jesus really rose from the grave. And that gives us hope in any situation, both now and for eternity. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the incredible truth that you came, you lived a sinless life, you died to pay for our sin, 
And then when they put your body in the grave, you defeated death, you defeated sin by raising from the grave. And God, I pray whether we're somebody that has grown up in church or maybe we're watching this uh, because somebody invited us, Lord, I pray that we would lean in to the idea that you really rose from the grave and that gives us tremendous hope. It gives us tremendous perspective It gives us a tremendous power in our life to live a life that is for eternity and not just for today. Lord, I pray for those that made a decision to start a relationship with you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. Lord, I pray now that that we would have an opportunity to now follow those people up and to really help them take some first steps in their relationship with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.